to God. You know, God really worked on me this past week on uh, just some things that uh, we need to maybe adjust. You know, because so often we get into just doing things in a certain way, doing things kind of like we feel like they should be, you know. And I think that Compass Church has kind of gotten that way with our services. Our services were, were very predictable. And that's okay. We need structure. But we also need the leading of the Spirit of God. Amen? And, and what does that mean? That means that, you know, if God places it on my heart, that we do something a little different, that's okay. It's okay. Amen? Uh, our trip that we went on. We went to Tulsa, Oklahoma to, to go to Ramah for what they call Winter Bible seminar. And those of you that don't know, Ramah's a Bible college, and they have a, a, a Bible church there, and, uh, and they, uh, uh, the, the college was developed in 1974. Brother Hagen, we call him Brother Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen was the one that, he was a prophet. He was a true prophet. Now, he wasn't a gentleman that popped around and give you a card and tell you he's a prophet. He didn't have to do that. He stood in that office As a matter of fact, every single thing that he prophesied until 2003 when he went home to be with the Lord has come to pass to the T, except for what we haven't gotten into yet. So he was a very honorable man, and he he was ministering at a conference in the Civic Center in Oklahoma, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and um, he began to prophesy. And he said, we're going to start a Bible college right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he was in the spirit, and he was prophesied. Literally, it was God speaking through him. And literally, after the conference, he did not know he said that. They literally had to play the recording back for him to hear it. And so when he heard it, he said, well, bless God, we're going to start a Bible school. And, and during that time, Broken Arrow was a cow pasture. It was. It really they was. said, we're going to start a Bible school right here on this land, and it was a field. Right. There was nothing there. That's not a smart place to start a Bible college, right? <laughs> You know, but God works in mysterious ways, right? You know, I think he does that sometimes just so we can not try to figure out how everything's going to happen, you know, because naturally you would think if you're going to do a Bible college, go to a big city, New York City, somewhere where there's a lot of people. But bless God, he did it. And now I'm not saying he did it. And one thing I love about Raymond, and he was this way from the beginning, it was not about him. He said, well, praise God, we'll start a Bible school and maybe we'll graduate 50 people a year. And he said, "We'll, we'll be doing what God told us to do. But bless God, did it take off. But see, God used him because he was a willing, obedient vessel. And he'd tell you this to the day he died. It was not about him. It was not. That's why they didn't call it Kenneth Hagin Bible College. They called it Ramah because it was about God and performing miracles of building and developing the school, which was totally a miracle. I mean, it was just, uh, and you had to know him. And I know the Hagins personally, and they, uh, his son pastors there and now leads the college and and it's not after, they're not after the money. If you saw their house they lived in, in a neighborhood, you would, if you didn't know who lived there, you'd think it's just an ordinary person. It's not about the money to them. It was about God and doing what God called them to do. And I, I admired that in them, and I learned a lot from them because of that. But we are Rhema. And why am I sharing this story with you guys? Because I want you to know that that's who we're connected to. They're, they're my covering. That's who my, I'm licensed and ordained through. And, and they're very much a part of who I am. So you'll hear me re- refer to them a lot. What is that? Well, that's what we're a part of. And one great thing about being there, and I was called there. I know that. Everybody there is called there. They're called to do their part. 
And, and it's so cool to be there and be around thousands of people with a like story that they, they, left, they left maybe a career behind. Or maybe they didn't have any money and they had to believe God because they knew they were called there. It's just stories and testimonies one right after another. People left careers making hundreds of thousands of dollars to go and be trained to step into the ministry. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome to be able to do that. So you can kind of see my heart for always encouraging you to do your part. To do, I'm not asking you to go to Bible college or anything like that. I'm just asking you. And I want you to know each and every one of us have a part to play in some capacity. Just go for it. Go for it. Amen. Well, glory to God. Go for it. Yeah, you have anything else? No, that's good. Well, I tell you what, do we have the pictures? Do you have the flags up there? I want to show. Oh, we're in the one. oh, yeah. We were in the balcony that day. All right, this right here is what they call the flag ceremony. It takes about 30 minutes for them to march these flags in. If you look right over here, you're going to have Jessica with the Ukraine flag and Anna right over here, and then Lydia is right over here. So our people are right there carrying flags. Oh, glory to God. There's Lydia. Yeah, there they are. <laughs> But the cool thing is, is every flag represents, I think there was what? 120 countries. Yeah, 120 something. Yeah. Will you ever go to 120 countries right. and preach the gospel on your own? No. The answer is no. I won't, you won't. Right. But because we're a part of this, we go. Right. And, and your giving goes towards this help goes towards this. Now, this was a picture of all... Now, this is a miracle from God right here. This is all of the international students that literally came from different countries that had to believe God for the money to come to be here, to be a part of this. Now, I think Rama, Nigeria had 104 people. 104 people. Now, we're fixing to go to Swaziland, Africa, which isn't far from that, and it's costing us, what, $3,000 a person? So they literally had to believe God... $3,000 in their country is like a year and a half salary. But they, they believed God, and they took a step of faith, and he met them. It was so cool. I think Brazil had 300 and some odd. Colombia, this is Colombia here. They had about a, a little over 200 there. All of them, same testimony, same story. How did you get here? I just believed God in prayer. And I did what he told me to do, took steps of faith, and he'd meet me. I'd do something else to make the money. And sometimes the money would come in. And, and you know, it's, a lot of these, especially Nigeria, it's not a lot of wealthy people walking around giving out money. So it's clearly a move of God. And it's so great to see it, to be there and be a part of it. And, and we're excited that our kids are there. And, and you know, listen, we didn't, we didn't, there. They love, they love all our people. Uh, Tucker's always the, uh, he's the team mascot. He wears, is there a picture of Tucker up there? <laughs> well, now he usually has the, the eagle hat, head on. There he is. There's, if you look closely in the eye, you can see Tucker in there. There's Tucker. So, they, but anyway, they're having a good time. But you know, one cool thing I love about, uh, another thing that I love about the conferences is, and they've always done this, and it's really, Hard for some people, especially in America, to understand this, but they have structure, right? But Brother Hagin would always say, I like structure because you need the structure, but I'll never replace leading of the Spirit with structure. So when they did their conferences, they pray, and whoever God puts on their heart, he picks up the phone and he calls and says, you're going to, you know, I need you to speak at Winter Bible Seminar, which would be a great honor. And to be able to go and speak, because there was probably, I don't know, seven, 8,000 people there. 
So it would be a pretty significant honor. And they didn't just pick who was the biggest, had the biggest churches and the greatest speakers. Brother Hagin would call somebody just like me, pastoring 50 members or 100 members, and say, hey, I need you to come speak, because God led him to do that. And the really great thing was is, is this year they had speakers. We heard, what, four speakers a day, and they were from all over the world. We heard speakers from Italy, Nigeria, Colombia, Brazil, oh, gosh, and uh, France. So, I mean, it just, it was a totally God. And they would, he would pray and lead them, him to call whoever to come and speak, and then they would. But the interesting thing is, is they never told them what to speak on. They didn't structure that. And you, some people think, wow, that's crazy. You know, that's, can you imagine how crazy it'd be somebody to get up there and preach on something off the wall? But they believed that God would lead them to speak on the right subject. And so every speaker that came in has always, always had a reoccurring theme throughout the conference. And now these people are from all over the world. They don't communicate. It's totally what God puts on their heart to speak, and it all connects in the end. It's always really cool to go through the conference and to seek what is the theme. What is that theme? Well, this year, the reoccurring thing that we saw was two main things, and that was we got to get back to the Word of God, folks. We've got to get back to the Word of God. And then the other thing was praise. Praise. But you see, the biggest thing was getting back to the Word of God because, see, we've gotten to... Our, we as a people have gotten to a place where we're never satisfied. Come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. You're never satisfied. You're not satisfied with your job. You know, you buy a new car after three months, you're just not, it's, it's old. It's, you're not satisfied with it. And, and, and you're not satisfied with your house or your clothes. I know Hamp, if he buys new shoes and he loves shoes, and a little while later he's not satisfied with them, he wants more new shoes and you know, and I guess that's part of being a male diva. I don't know anything about that. But, <laughs> but, but seriously, we, we have. We really have. And I'll tell you what's really dangerous with, about creating that attitude and what we have done as a people is we have created that attitude and we, now we bring it into our relationships. Huh? That hits home, doesn't it? Oh, I don't like my wife anymore. I'm getting rid of that. I want something new. I want something new. I want something new. Now, is that God's will? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But we're, we're creating that attitude. We're creating that attitude. Now, we're always looking for what's new. We do. You know, whether you, you don't have to admit it. I'm not asking for anybody to raise hands. But I do that sometimes. I have to catch myself. But we're looking for what's better. And you see this, and, and you especially see this, and I'm going to say this, in the church today. People don't want to do church like we always did church. They want to go to what's new. What's, what's the new trendy thing? And listen, I'm not criticizing any church. Everybody has their own flavor for whatever reason. What I'm saying is people need to understand how to find and become a part of a church. It's not about satisfying your selfish needs. It's about being led and called based on your gifts and talents. Amen. And let me just say this about technology. You guys know, you know, oh, here he goes. He's going to talk about technology again. But anybody that knows me, I love my iPhone. This is a 7, all right? But, yeah, and I love my iPad, all right? I do. I really do. Technology is great. But let me tell you something, what, what, what technology is doing to our world. Technology, and they're seriously doing studies on this now. Technology is create. 
Well, let me ask you this. What happens every time a new phone comes out? You got to have it. I mean, seriously. There's people that will sleep for hours on a sidewalk in the rain to get the new phone. All right? And now you have people jumping camps. Well, I'm going to get the new Android. I'm going to get the new iPhone. All right? Now Verizon, you know, you go in there, sign on the line, and pay for two years. You can get any phone you want for 20 bucks. But what that's doing, and it's especially affecting our next generation. They shared some statistics with this next generation come up that just blew my mind. And, and uh, you guys know I like stats, but it creates an attitude we're never satisfied. Technology is pushing this. It's pushing it. All right? And then that goes on into your life. You're, you understand? That's pushing you. Now, I'm not saying technology is not good. I use mine every day, and I encourage you, you know, enjoy it too. Don't let it control you. Don't, let you, don't be the one that's not ever satisfied that, that to where you can't. You've got to have that next new thing because that's dangerous. That's a dangerous attitude to create because it will affect, affect and impact your life, and you won't even realize it. All right? And this was a very common theme that we saw. We heard from a lot of the Rama directors all over the world that are, are seeing this. They're seeing this, all right? And see, it really comes back to the fact that we're being distracted from our biblical foundations that we've been, that, that God set in place for us to live our lives by. We've been distracted by it because we want something new or we're trying to accomplish our own agendas. Amen? And, that, and we're not trying to do what God has called us to do. Or we're not trying to fulfill the part that God's called us to play. And let me tell you, he's called you to fulfill something. Listen, I tell you all the time, see the value in yourself. You know, you may, if you're not happy with your job and you're, you're just feeling like everything's just complacent in my life and just, I can't ever get no victory, nothing's right, seriously consider if you're in the will of God. Because the will of God and the provision and the victory will always be there when you're in his will. Right? Where he guides you, he will always provide you. Amen. Just a nugget. So, but people are losing sight of being led by God, the importance of being led by God. We're losing that. We're more, and when you see this, especially in our country, you know, I love my country, but we are the country of the world. We are the most technologically advanced. We have the most money. We are, everybody looks to America. So what does that do to our, us as a people is we feel like we don't, we're high and mighty. We don't need any help. God, I'll come to you when I need a prayer answered, but otherwise stay up there. Come on. Now listen, I'm not, this isn't a condemnation message or anything, but it's just where we are as a people. And listen, we need to know this because time is short. It has been prophesied we're in the end days. And if you look at how things are progressing so fast and how the chaos is unfolding, I mean, day after day after day throughout the world, not just our country, but the world, you know, it's, this is a time for us to, to understand this and to see it and to, to and push ourselves to do our part to get the gospel out there. Amen. We got to get back to the word. We got to get back to the word. And being led by God. I mean, people, people make decisions based off what they want to do now. And look, God gave you a brain and you can make simple decisions. That's fine. But anything that affects or impacts your life, you should consult him on it. You should. You should. And allow him to lead you.
to lead you. And you've got to get a revelation of it. You've got to, got to, got to, got to get a revelation of this. I mean, you think about Paul. Think about Paul. Before he was a disciple, what, was it? what did he do? He went around crazy murdering everybody, right? How many people did he murder? I mean, he, he murdered a lot of people. But yet, if you follow his story, God used him to write most of the Bible that we read, right? He did. What changed? What changed was that Paul got a revelation of who he was, what God said he was. And when he got that revelation, that's what changed. His life changed. And see, some of you may be sitting here now thinking about all the bad decisions you've made. Listen, I've made them. Everybody in here has made bad decisions. Don't get hung up on that. Don't, that's all that is, is that's the enemy trying to distract you. You cast those thoughts out. Those are behind you. The Bible says that he, God will forgive and forget. That's behind you. The only one that's holding on to it would be you. Amen. So let it go. Let it go and get a revelation of what, the, what words, God's word says that you have, but who you are. Amen. We got we to gotta, we gotta get back to the word. And we got to stop trying to find a new way to do everything. You know, we got we to gotta stick with God's word. And think about this. So many people are running around and they're, they're, they're living their life and they're trying to do their own thing, and, and, and things are just crazy in their life, and then they're constantly going back to God. God, why aren't you fixing this? Why aren't you helping me? You know what God's doing? Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is sitting up there, and he's like, I haven't changed. I haven't changed. Everything that you need, I have set a system in place for you to get. Glory to God. I sent my very son to be beaten and shed the blood to save you out of my love for you. I haven't changed. He didn't stop there. He said, I'll give you a helper because you're going to need a helper. I will give you an advocate, the Holy Spirit, to lead you. He says, I haven't changed. You've changed. We have changed. And if you think about it as a nation and as a people, we've changed. And we don't seek God like we should. Right? We go after what we want, what pleases us. What pleases us. You know, listen, I'm, I'm just as guilty as everybody. And I'll catch myself all the time. Whoa, wait a minute. Did I pray about that? Did I pray about that? You know. But we've got to get back to living our lives. Being led by God. Listen, if you've you got a lot of chaos in your life, are you seeking God before you make decisions? But are, you, are you talking to Him? Communing with Him? Every day before you start to go to work? You need to, or on your way to work. Listen, I, I, I see people all the time, they call me. And they have, they're dealing with issues. And this, I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody in this room. This is just through experience of being in ministry. And I ask them, How's your prayer life? Well, I, I haven't prayed any this week. It starts there. It starts there. Amen. This is, why the, this is why the devil has a stronghold in your life. Because you're not seeking God first and learning and, 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 and committing to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we've got to get back to it. We've got to get back to it. And let me just say this. If you're going to hear from God, you have got to have a relationship with him. That's, it's that simple. You cannot hear his voice. We were at Raymond. Anna was ushering a section of probably 200 chairs there, which would be about from here, a little bit further than the door. And, and I said, Anna, 
I didn't scream. I didn't yell. I just said, Anna. And there was quite a few people in there now at that time. Anna stopped, and she looked at me. And now, how did she hear my voice out of all those people in there? It's because she had a relationship to me, with me. That's the same with your heavenly Father. He wants that relationship with you. He wants you to commune with Him, to fellowship with Him, to pray, to talk. Don't even, and don't get hung up on praying. Just talk to Him. Talk to Him. When things are going bad, Father, I don't know what's going on right now. Talk to Him. You don't have to get up there and do, Heavenly Father, will you please? No, just talk to Him. That's what He wants. He wants a relationship with you, and you're only going to hear His voice if you have that relationship. Amen. So we got to get back to the Word, folks. we got to get back to the importance of the Spirit-led life. And look, that's the only way that you're going to walk in the victory and the perfect will and the plan that God has for you. You're not going to just magically, haphazardly step into the will of God. He will lead you through prayer and through the relationship and Him speaking to you. Amen. And let me, let me just say this. Thank you, thank you, Father. People ask all the time, why don't we see the glory in church anymore? You ever think about that? You know, back in the 80s, you could, it was very common to see miracles and to see healings, to walk in the church. And you see instant miracles. Miracles are still happening. All right? I remember Mama D there, Michelle's mom, sharing with me when they were, when were you guys in Evangel? That was, had to have been early 80s. It was 70s. When her talking about walking in the in the, in the in the church and the, the hair on your neck would stand up because the, the presence of God was so strong and the anointing was so strong in the room. Oh, that fascinates me to hear that. But people ask me all the time, Well, oh, Pastor, why aren't we seeing that? Why don't we see that anymore? John, watch this. John sixteen thirty two says, But the time is coming, this is Jesus says, Indeed it's here now when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Now watch this. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. All right? So the Father is with Jesus. All right? So what happens when you accept Jesus? He comes up inside you, right? Inside you. So the same glory that's in the Father is in Jesus, which is now in you. Right there. The same glory that split the Red Sea is in you. That same glory is in there. So why don't we see the glory anymore? How come we don't see it? Glory to God. We don't see the glory because we don't expect it. We don't expect it. We don't expect it by faith. Listen, miracles are happening. Brazil said they had 16 documented cases, 16 now, of people being raised from the dead. And if you want to know where the glory's falling and the revivals are breaking out, it is in South America. South America, it is the, oh my gosh, you would, the, the, just the stories and the pictures they showed, preaching to over a million people in one conference. Come on, that's a miracle in itself. But the glory is happening. But see, we've gotten so analytical in this day and age. We, we don't even, when we see a miracle, we don't just accept it before it's the love of God and the fact that God can do anything and it's a miracle that he presented. We want to get analytical about it. Well, I don't know. I need to talk to God about that. That don't look like that's quite right. I don't know if I believe that. I need to see the medical documents on that. Come on. Miracles don't happen because we don't expect it. Prayers don't get answered because we don't expect it. And listen, that's what walking by faith is. See, faith, faith is you know that God's going to provide for you based on His Word. But you have to believe it. 
I tell you what, Mark 11, 22 and 24 says. Now, this is Jesus talking now. It says, Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, Maybe you'll be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. So you've got to believe it, folks. We've got to believe. Do you believe God will do what he says in his word? Come on, do you really believe it? Oh, man. I ask people whenever I'm praying for healing for them, I ask them, can you see yourself healed? Well, no, I don't know. I I hope God will do it. Well, that's not faith. Faith is you know he's going to do it based on the fact that he sent his son to pay the price for healing. All right? And you expect it. You expect it. You don't have any doubt because doubt and belief don't work together. You expect him to do what he said he's going to do. You expect it. It's why we don't see the glory, especially in America anymore. And it's so it's disheartening to see all of the other ministers from around the world share in all of their miraculous things that are showing up in their churches and in the presence of God. I remember the one in Peru was, was talking with a friend of mine, and, and they were talking about they had the, the, uh, the fire coming out of their church they thought the building was on fire the people in the in the in the neighborhood thought the building was on fire got the fire department out there and all of that it was no fire it was the whole the move of the spirit the holy spirit presence there was so powerful and it made me think back to the azusa street ministries right here in california when that happened right there in los angeles See, it happened then because people's faith was so strong and they were expecting God to be a presence and his presence was so strong and God made himself, showed himself strong in the message. And man, there's some wild, God is still showing himself true in this world. He is. But it, we don't see it as much here because our nation has got, we're the greatest and, 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 and we don't expect God to do what he said he's going to do. Amen. We got to get back to the word. Being spirit-led, that means you're not jumping around job to job, all right? Don't follow a job just because it's money. I have heard stories all, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard. Man, I went to this job, it was $10,000 more a year, but I hate it. I'm miserable. I don't see my family, I'm working all the time, I can't go to church, I can't be a part of activities. Was that God? You got more money, but did it, how did it affect your family? Listen, God is never going to place something in your life that will impact your family because God, family was first. Family comes first, folks. All right? I mean, you, don't, you, don't, you shouldn't be jumping, moving town to town without praying and seeking God. Now, that doesn't mean you say, well, Pastor, I can't move to the beach if I don't want to move to the beach. Listen, God knows your desires and he will lead you accordingly if you have the right relationship for him and you're seeking the will of God for him. And he will use you in whatever area. He knows your heart. Listen, he loves you. He wants the best for you. And he'll meet you wherever you are. Amen. So, we've got to get back to being led by the Spirit. And know this, there's tons of people walking around the streets today, living lives, just crazy lives. Crazy, 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 crazy. I just can't get nothing straight in my life. I'm all over the place. I'm all over the place. And listen, if you're that person, It's okay, but it's time to start seeking God. 
You know, I used to talk about when I was younger that, that you get on your knees and you seek God. Well, you don't hear that much today because people, oh, that's, that's, that's kind of like, that's not the new way to talk about it. We, nowadays, we talk about just getting in a small group. Listen, you can receive what you need from, the, from getting on your knees in your house just as much as you can receive from someone talking or, or, or ministering to you in a small group. Small groups are great. We have them. All right? But that's not where ministry is all about. Amen. Glory to God. Listen, you've got to get to consulting God first and allowing Him to lead us by His Spirit. Now, I'm going to be talking about being led by the Spirit because that's so important. And a lot of, some of you may not even really understand what that means. I'm not talking about an audible voice. Being led by the Spirit is just simply that unction on the inside of you. Either do or don't do something. Either do or don't. We were sitting in IHOP when we were out, went out to eat. Sitting there, and me being the nice dad, all the kids brought their friends. I said, well, I'll get the table. Well, I didn't realize there was 12 people sitting there. But that's okay. I mean, I'm sitting there, and it's funny how God works, you know. And I'm sitting there, and everything's eating and everything. And then God was like, you know, get that table over there, too. And I'm like, okay. Because I, I didn't know if I had the money to get that, you know. Really, and I, but of course, I said, okay. So I went up to pay, and, you know, IHOP, you can pay either at the desk or pay at the server. So I went up and I paid. I said, look, I want to get that table right over there also. And she said, oh, that's nice. She said, she said was that your son sitting next to you? And I said, yeah, it was. And Austin had already left because he, he was tired. He, he wanted to leave and he didn't want to hang out. And she said, that was so, she said, he got that table right over there. There was another table over there with six people sitting at it. And Austin bought their dinner. And I called him later and I said, he said, well, Dad, I said, why did you, and that, let me tell you, that was probably a $75 meal that he paid for. And he's a student making minimum wage. And I'm telling you, he pays all his bills. We don't send them any money. They pay all their bills, tuition, rent, and everything. And I asked him, I said, God, I asked him, I said, well, what did you do that for? He said, I just felt led to do it, Dad. I just felt. I said, "Son, don't you ever lose sight of that feeling, that that nudging, and you obey every time. Obey, obey." But you see, being led by the Spirit is just sitting there, and and maybe you feel led to to cut somebody's grass. Maybe you feel led to 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 buy somebody's groceries. I don't know what it is. God will use you in so many different ways if you're willing and obedient, and you're standing in faith, expecting him to do what... See, that's a big thing, expecting, believing that he's going to do what he said he's going to do in his word. Amen. Glory to God. Oh, my gosh, look at the time. I'm not going to get to all that I've got here. That's okay. That's okay. We'll get to it. I'll get to the praise. I want to do something different today. I want to do something different. I want to close out a little different than what we usually do. And this is going to sound silly to some of you. And I'm going, to have, I'm going to open up the, the front of the stage here. We're going to have what we call an altar call. Now, some of you don't know what an altar even is. We need to put some altars back in our churches. Because, you see, an altar is a place of consecration. That's a place of dedication where you're, you're dedicated. You may have some craziness going in in your life, and you need to rededicate your life not to, to Christ, to accepting Christ. You just need to dedicate to submit to follow him and to give him. Give him all that you've got. So we're going to, are we going to do a song or what do you want to do? How do you want to do this? Now listen, this is not a time about promoting my service so I can have a great service. This is something God put on my heart for me to do. This is for you. This is for you. And you may be saying, Pastor, why do I need to come down front? I'll just do it right here. Listen, faith takes action. 
take that step of faith and let God meet you. I'm not here to listen to what it is you want to talk to God about. I'm not listening. That's not what it's all about. This is for you to take a step of faith. So when they start playing, I want everyone in here to bow their head and start praying. And if you need to come down here, you need to come down here. Just get on your knees and tell God, I'm here. I'm here. I love you. Thank you for my provision. Thank you. I'm here to submit and to commit my life to serving you. And it really, I think everybody should be able to do this at some point. Amen. This is all about you. And it's about you getting everything right. Getting everything right. If you've got chaos and craziness in your, in your life, it's time to get it right. To get it right. Amen. Glory to God. Let's go. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We praise you. Praise you for your word. We praise you for your love. Father, glory to God. I praise you that you're stirring hearts. You're stirring spirits. Listen, if you're in this house and you need prayer, any prayer for anything, I'll be down here. If you need need to rededicate your life to Christ, I will be down here. If you need hands laid on you, just like the scripture said, believers will lay hands on them and they will be healed. I will be down here. But listen, this time is for you to come forth. Come forth and just to commit your life to, Father, I'll get back to your word. I will will turn everything that I have on you. Come on, there should be some people moving because God would not have put this on my heart. It's for you. It's for you. It's for you. All eyes closed. It's for you. It's for you. You've been called. You've been called. You've been called. This is for you. It's not for me. It's not for anybody sitting next to you. It's for you to get things straight, to take the craziness and the chaos out of your life. Come on, it's for you. I want to encourage you. Take this time. Tell your Heavenly Father how much you love Take Most importantly, take that step of faith. Glory to God. Take that step of faith. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Father, you're amazing, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're all called to play a part. All called to play a part. God just says, hey, will you seek your part? Will you seek your part? Will you seek your part? Oh, Father. Oh, Shalom. Thank you, Father. God wants you to know that He will open the doors. Take that step of faith. Step out now. Step out now. Glory to God. Listen, this isn't a time to be looking around. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your focus on God. If you're you're not down front, I want you to be praying where you are. Praying where you are. Agreeing in faith that these people, whoever is here, will receive whatever it is that they need. Agreeing with them. Thank you, Father. We praise you for it. See, God wants to get His best to you. He wants you living and walking in His best. He wants that for you. You've got to get that revelation. You've got to see the value in yourself. You are so important, folks. So important that he he chose to send his one and only son to die. Listen, this isn't a time to think that, that, that people are watching me. Let pride kick pride out of this house. It's a time for you to draw in closer. Praise you, Father. Glory be to your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you.
the same he promised you joy he promised you peace he promised you provision he promised you help and why do we struggle with those things when we could just settle that in our heart for those of you that are up here and and if you're in your seat and there's something you need to settle in your heart you don't need to wonder anymore does God want me won't be provided for settle it in your heart know that you know that you know that the promises that he's made to you are true that he stands behind every promise and you when the devil comes against you and attacks your joy attacks your peace attacks your bank account you don't flounder around. You don't say, oh my gosh, oh no, what's happening? No. You settle that in your heart. It is done. It is done. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, this isn't a time to be in a hurry. Somebody in here is in a hurry. Ready to go eat. The restaurant will be there. Take your Slow down. Agree in prayer with your fa- with your family. This is your family. We're not in a rush. This this is important, folks. This is important. Time is short. Time is short. Oh,
as a church family, we thank you. We thank you for calling this family together. We thank you for starting this church. And Father, we thank you ahead of time by faith for everything that you're calling this church to do. And we thank you for everything that you're calling each and every person to do. We thank you that you will provide. Because Father, we know that where you got us, you will provide. And Father, we expect you. We expect you to be in this house. And to make yourself known. And to show yourself We expect miracles to happen. We expect your glory to happen. We expect to see you and to know you like we've never known you before, Father. We're going to see the lives being changed, jobs being changed, the favor of God. Your favor will be on each and every person as you walk the streets. There will be a smile on your face that you didn't usually have. Glory to God. You'll get favor. You'll get favor. Favor. You ever have trouble getting parking spots? You'll have favor. You'll have the one right up front. Favor. Favor. Sound crazy? No, it's our Heavenly Father that created everything that we are a part of. Us, including us. Praise God. He can do anything. And He will do anything. It may seem crazy in our natural mind, but that's okay. I'll be there. Expect it. Praise God. Glory be. Glory, glory be. Father, we just thank You and give You all the praise everything that you've done, everything that you're doing, and everything that you're going to do. And we love, 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 love you, Father. We love and commit our lives to you. Give you all the praise and all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Glory.